0: Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Good morning, Peyton. Good morning, Edwin. I am so glad that you're here with us. Andrew was excited that you'd be able to fill in for him today. We miss Andrew when he's gone and he's not on the conversations, but I'm super excited for those who have just tuned in. This week, Peyton is working with us among the Christians that meet on Livingston Avenue in a bit of a training program, an internship, kind of like Timothy working with Paul, though neither Andrew or I qualify as a Paul, but... You know, we're, we're trying, we're trying real hard, but you, you're doing well as a Timothy, Payton. We're super excited, and I'm glad you're here to be in this conversation with us today.
1: Glad to be here, too. We're gonna
0: to continue talking about Hebrews chapter 11. Andrew and I, earlier in the week, we're talking about some things about faith. As you know, Hebrews 11 is the chapter of faith, the hall of faith, and today, wanna to progress on that, wanna read verses eight through 16. Could you read that for me, please?
1: Absolutely, and I'm reading from the ESV version. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, Therefore, from one man, and him as good as dead, were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven, and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of the land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it, as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, For he has prepared for them a city. Here we're continuing on this look at faith. We're having some examples.
0: The whole thing began in this section with how chapter 10 ends. As it's divided up for us, chapter 10 ends with the statement that we are not people who shrink back unto destruction. We are people who by faith persevere and press on unto life and the preservation of our souls. Now we're getting some examples of people who are those folks who persevered, who preserved by faith. I think it's important to recognize it is by faith, it's not by perfection, it's not by personal merit, it is by faith that these folks uh, pressed on. These weren't perfect folks. In fact, recently you did a lesson on Abraham that was mentioned here. One of the things I really appreciated about it is as you, as you highlighted Abraham, and you were, you were really looking at fatherhood, I really m- my favorite part, what I really appreciated was when you brought up the fact that while he has a legacy of faith, he wasn't perfect, I think that's important. Why why is it important for us to recognize that? That in this faith, we we need to have faith, but we're not talking about some perfection.
1: It's important for us to have faith, but not only this faith that expects where we're going to do everything perfectly, we're going to do things um, without sinning, without messing up. These people, they weren't perfect people. We find in each one of these, I think it's interesting that it points out specifically that they didn't know where they were going, that they hadn't seen these things, that they were greeting them from afar. It's, it's as if I was looking out in the distance expecting something, but I'm not there yet. And so these people aren't um, thinking that on the basis of, um, let, let me just see if I can get there. Let me just Let me just see if I can get there. No, they're trusting that, hey, God's got something in store. God has something saved up for me, and so if I have faith in him, then I can make it there.
0: Very good. I appreciate that. So as you've listened to this text, and I know you've read it before, so my question here is, it's going to be really hard for you to answer it the way I'm asking it, but just as we've read it now, as you've read it out loud, what are some of your first impressions, your first thoughts as you're looking through this, some important things from this passage?
1: Perhaps the emphasis on faith in the unseen. We've, okay. we've been talking about that, for the, uh, you've been talking about that with Andrew for the last few days, this faith in the unseen things. And that that's important because they're not having faith in something that they've actually seen. Okay. And that's different than sometimes a position we're in, um, or a position maybe in which we talk about faith, but we're talking about faith in something we've actually seen. I have faith that um, this table is here because I've seen it. I have faith that this microphone that I'm speaking into because I've seen it. Is it, okay, let me, let me push on that a little yeah. bit. Is
0: it faith since you have seen it? You are seeing it. It's right here. We, is, is it faith since you have seen it, or isn't part of it this issue that faith is there is the unseen element? So faith rests sometimes on what we've seen. So, for instance, I see the table, which gives me faith that there's a table maker somewhere. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen the table maker, but I've seen the table. Yeah. So is there a distinction there?
1: Yeah, there probably is.
0: But you're digging into the unseen for a reason. What what is it about the unseen that that's that's being drawn out to you in this passage?
1: They know that they're seeking something, but it's not as if I've already experienced this. I've already kind of had a taste of this. So now I know it's worth it. Now I know it's worth this pursuit. No, they're putting. This is a pretty big step when you're putting your faith in something you don't know. Okay. You you have an expectation that there's something, but you don't you don't know exactly what that is.
0: So Abraham's called out of the place that he lived in order to receive an inheritance. He's going not knowing where he's going. I haven't seen the land that I'm going to. God has just told me to go there. I, I I believe God. I trust God that it's going to be a good place when I get there, that it's going to provide what I need. It's going to help me bring glory to God. So he hasn't seen that, but he's trusting and experiencing and moving toward it.
1: I think there's an even, even greater element because okay. not only is he... Going to this land he's, he's not been before, God is promising them that he's going to give it to his descendants, but more than that, it points out that he didn't just believe in this land. It actually points out in Hebrews chapter 11, they desire a better country, mm. but the Hebrews writer clarifies a heavenly one. Yeah. He believed in something, not only a physical thing that would maybe change over time, be given to his descendants, he believed in something that was even beyond seen in this physical world at any point
0: verse 10 for he was looking forward to the city that has foundations whose designer and builder is god even the sound of that 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 sounds like more than Jericho and Ai and Jerusalem and the cities that you would find when, when they get into the promised land and under Joshua, they defeat the promised land and conquer and drive out the enemies. It does uh, all of that promise points out that God, God, says to them, I'm giving you cities. You didn't build, uh, you're, you're going to get to eat from trees that you didn't plant. But even as we look at that, we realize, well, yeah, but Canaanites built that. God is saying there's a sense in which He had prepared that, but as I hear what he's saying about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Sarah, there there's the fact that they seem to be even looking for something more than that that there's there's an understanding that there is there's is a city that's beyond what any people built there There's a city that they're going to. In fact, okay, so let me before I get back to you here, let me let me go even further. In verse 13, these all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth for people who speak thus, make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. They said, we're strangers and exiles on the earth. We find that in Genesis 23, four, Abraham's saying that. Uh, And we have the idea that even while he's walking on the land that God promised him, he's saying, I'm just a stranger and exile here. There's something bigger and better that he's looking for. And our author says, now look, if he'd been talking about the land that they came from, well, they could have gone back to that land. He's actually talking about progressing on to something even better. And that's that that heavenly realm. The heavenly, there's there's some city, there's some kingdom, there's some land that is heavenly that it seems Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Sarah understood these realities were behind. The earthly promises that they received. Does that make sense?
1: Absolutely. And I got to admit that this seems kind of surprising to me. Okay. Because if God came and told me that He's going to give me something, um, I may have faith in receiving that, but they're having faith in something they haven't even been told about. Mm. And it's, so it's kind of surprising to me when you read the Genesis account, you don't exactly understand and maybe see just in that account. They have faith in something greater, although mm. it does drive them to put their faith in God, to do as he says, to um, trust in things that they weren't, hadn't seen yet on a, maybe a, a, lo- a little bit of a lower level. But the fact that they even believed that there was something they hadn't even been told about, something unseen. Mm. That they would receive, I think that's kind of impressive. I'm, I agree with you. the the I mean, here here's something
0: I'm learning from the Hebrews author. I don't think going back to Genesis, I would have just assumed it. But what our author is is doing is drawing a conclusion. He says, "Look, these guys are on the land that God promised them, and they're saying we're strangers and sojourners, even while we're on it." What what I've done in the past is said, "Well, I mean, it wasn't their land yet, and so they were looking forward to when their grandkids and their great 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 grandkids would." Have the promises. And I start talking about how, well, we tend to think individually, they would think nationally. And so that's how Abraham received the promises. What our author is saying is Abraham was looking to actually really receive the promises because he understood there were heavenly realities behind these earthly promises. And so when he's given a promise of a city, when he's given a promise of a land, when he's given a promise of a blessing, even though he dies and leaves this world, he is expecting to get something. He's expecting to have a reward. He's expecting to be involved in a city that is the heavenly city whose builder and foundation is God, which actually ties us back. I, I don't know if you're thinking about this, but do you remember where Jesus is right now? He, he's not at the tabernacle. He's not at the temple, Mm -hmm. he's in the real sanctuary of God, at the right hand of God, at the heavenly reality that stands behind, and and here, the, the heavenly reality, the real temple, as opposed to this earthly copy, that's where Jesus is. What our author is saying is that Abraham is very much like that. There was a real city that he knew was coming, a real land that he knew was coming, rather than just this earthly promise. And so they're strangers and sojourners while on this earth. They even died in faith. What does it mean to die in faith?
1: Perhaps the simplest way of saying it would be to your understanding that, hey, I'm not going to see these things. I'm not going to see these things in my lifetime. But I still believe God is a rewarder of those who diligently pursue him. We looked at just um, the previous episode. You and Andrew discussed how God is, the scientific evidence for that, the importance of that. But now we've been looking at how God rewards those who diligently pursue him. And understanding that, being willing to even have faith to the point of dying. Mm. That that takes an extra extra level.
0: Die. I, I, I die without having yet received the reward, but I'm hanging on to God even in death. You ever watch a movie? And yes, I have there's, watched it, there's the there's the good guy who has been captured by the bad guys. And they're about to die. They're going to kill him. Of course, the bad guy starts monologuing. And I mean, the, the way the movies work and television shows is they're trying to push us farther and farther and farther and farther to the point of, oh, man, there's no way they're going to be saved. And then, boom, last second, something swoops in, saves them. It all works out. Except for what this is saying is I'm going to die in faith even when there is no swooping in and, and, and I actually die.
1: Yeah, it's, so, it's sort of like um, there's going to be an end credits scene. When the movie comes <laughs> down to an end, yeah. it's you're going to die, and like, wait, you're left with, wait, what's going on here? They died.
0: They're not supposed to do that.
1: Yeah, like the good character was supposed to live here. But it's almost like, oh, there's going to be an end credits scene where, no, it actually does work out for them. You just, maybe not the way you expected.
0: Exactly. And so dying in faith. I I'm not hanging on until God swoops in and keeps me from dying. I recognize that the reward is something that comes after death. And so I press on, I hang on, even until the point of death. And that's that's exactly what we need to do. Press on, because that's where the preservation of soul is, even if I die. Well, thanks for joining me here today, Peyton. And sorry for putting you on the spot a couple times, but appreciate uh, your conversation. Why don't you go ahead and wrap us up with prayer?
1: Lord God, we thank you so much for the ability to study your Word, spend some time in it today. And Lord, as we've looked at multiple examples of this great faith, Lord, People like Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, on these different people who all put their faith in you, who hadn't seen the things that were coming their way, hadn't fully understood maybe even the things coming their way, but still had faith and died in that faith. They put to their faith to the point where they knew they wouldn't even receive a um, a payback in this life, but they trusted in you. And Lord, we pray that we can be encouraged by their example to likewise look to you knowing that we too have come to some spiritual realities. We're in this intermittent period waiting um, for something better. But while we're here, Lord, help us to put our faith in you like these people and to realize that you have something better in store and that while we may not fully grasp um, what you've promised to us, we believe that you're someone who um, rewards those who diligently pursue you. Lord, we pray this in your Son's name. Amen. Amen. I don't know how to answer that. You kind of put me on the spot there. Well,
0: hey, welcome to podcasting.